This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You said my world on even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Hey, this is Stephen A. Smith from No Mercy. Festivals, football, flannels. Some say fall is their favorite time of year. And this fall, there are now updated COVID-19 booster shots designed to help protect against COVID-19 variants. If you've had your primary series, schedule an updated COVID-19 booster shot appointment as soon as you're eligible. And don't forget to enjoy the foliage sponsored by Pfizer and BioNTech. Take a man podcast from Odyssey Sports. Craig Hoffman, Logan Paulson. Make sure you're subscribed anywhere you're listening or watching right now for more from us. And Logan, the defense for the commanders also had a very similar game, a lot to nitpick, but also they weren't that bad. And that's kind of how you wind up in a tie kind of game. Uh, You've already mentioned earlier in the pod that it could have been a lot worse if the defensive Mm -hmm. line uh, didn't have the day that it had. What stands out on the tape from watching this defense? Well, I think first off, just because it's like tooting our own horn, we knew that they were going to come in with some type of wrinkle. And the wrinkle in this one was we're going to, on keepers, we were just going to block the defensive end and have Daniel Jones run to the perimeter. And that was something that I should have thought of, and I'm a little mad at myself I didn't think of. But it basically worked for like the first half of the game. And it worked twofold. One, it gave Daniel Jones easy throws. Two, it got Daniel Jones on the perimeter of the defense and let him run the football which is something that I wasn't expecting, right? It basically turned into like this crazy like RPO on steroids, right? Fake run to the left, run the quarterback to the right. We've got deep concepts coming across, which is not something you normally get on RPO. Oh, it's out there. I'm going to scramble for 20 yards. I'm going to scramble for a five-yard first down. Like, And that just became murderous. And obviously, I think Jack Del Rio in-game did a good job of basically like looking at the defensive end and says, if you get this down block by the tight end, you need to work vertical as hard and as fast as you can. And it worked out great. I think James Smith-Williams gets a holding call. Uh, Montez Sweat gets kind of a holding call, something like that. And then uh, FAO Bata forces one to bubble really big. They're able to match the concepts because the coverage can catch up to the the route. So it did adjust in-game, but that was a really nice wrinkle by them. Also, the play-action pass shots, I thought they did a great job of with, I'm talking about New York in terms of calling them and then protecting them for the most part. I will say Daniel Jones's first scramble where – Ridgeway misses the sack like Allen wins and then kind of he's one-on-one with Ridgeway in a big space and he shakes Ridgeway which is not like saying anything because Ridgeway is 335 pounds so you should shake him but um the the post so they run like a in on the front side and a post on the back side the post is open by about 10 yards so if he can set his feet and throw like that's probably a touchdown right so again 
getting Benjamin St. Juice back into this defense, the defensive line, again, elevating the back end was awesome. Um, and then you saw, again, like what that those shots can do when he gets that ball completed to Slayton. Because really outside of that completion to Slayton, they didn't do anything super dynamic offensively. I think going into the fourth quarter, uh, Daniel Jones was 17 of 18 for like 105 yards, and there was a 58-yard completion in there. So yeah. obviously he's basically like a super extension of the run game. And everyone mentioned Saquon Barkley. I actually think they did a really good job against Saquon outside of his touchdown run. A lot of his yardage came on that two-minute drive where they're just spamming draws kind of repeatedly, and those are really hard to navigate in those situations. I do kind of wish after the first one, Jack would have been like, okay, they're probably going to run the draw again. Let's change our defensive front structure to accommodate in case they run a draw, and then we can contain the quarterback a little bit better. But that that's, again, one of those nitpicking hindsight things that maybe in game you don't really think about. Um, but I think overall, uh, good, good against Saquon. And then obviously on the touchdown run, I think um, John Ridgeway gap releases and is able to create a nice A-gap run. And Saquon's fast and he's physical, is able to finish for a touchdown. But overall, I'd say they did a good job. And they had, they did, the defense did a really cool thing. And I don't know how much I can talk about it because I pulled, this is kind of a fun story. So today I pulled clips for Coach's show, which we do on Friday. And mm -hmm. I pulled the clips and he approves them. And then I started kind of walking through them with Coach and he says, you know what, Logan? Like these clips are so good. You need to pick new clips because I don't want the Giants to see this. But basically they had like this coverage disguise, right? They had, they disguised this coverage, their cover three, and they were able to get to a different coverage off of this same coverage. And it screwed up Daniel Jones on three consecutive first downs and or th on third downs, which led to punts. So obviously that coverage wrinkle by Jack to throw that in there was excellent. And it led to sacks. It led to hurries. It led to two sacks and it led to a, a tackle for a loss actually. So really cool wrinkle by them to throw that in there. And um, so much so like the Jack that, that Ron is like guarding that thing with both hands. So really nice adjustment by them. Can't talk too too much in detail about it, but that was cool. And then uh, I think overall, good job outside of the the little wrinkle that they brought in from the keeper game early on. Good job by you with your film study. Yeah, it was. I mean, a well, little too good. Little too good, apparently. And he approved him. And then he saw me said, "I actually don't approve these," which was a little bit of a <laughs> runaround this morning. So yeah. Uh, on second thought, uh, yeah. let's let's, let's not because we played them again in two weeks. Uh, I wonder if he would have just let it go if if it wasn't the same opponent coming yeah, up in two weeks. Yeah. Um, but you know who knows. Uh, the other thing that I think is interesting, though, trying to make sense of um, Jones didn't have an actual incompletion until that drive at the end of the game right? Uh, where he launched like his first real incompletion of the game is a drop by Darius Slayton because which was which was would have been a monster game, play and it's, game it's a good throw. And, yeah. Yeah. Um, his only other incompletion, they spike the ball at the end of the first half, right. which, by the way, um, that play, the play right before it sticks in my craw. And I know it's hard to stop someone when it's a third and one. Um, but it's third and one with about 26 seconds left. The Giants have no timeouts. They come out and run zone read, which of course they do because it's third and one. And that's what they do on third and one. Yep. And if you get the stop there, <laughs> they have to fire drill the field goal team on. Yeah, that's true. And instead, you give up the third, you give up two yards, which is hard to get too mad about giving up two yards, but they give up the two yards, they spike it. It's Jones's only incompletion of the game until that final drive. Uh, and then they're able to waltz the field goal team on and kick. It's just a kind of a bummer. 
I think more than anything else where it's like, ah, make yeah. it hard on them, make it hard on them situationally. And, uh, you know, maybe you sell out a little bit, you, you have your, whatever your zone read stop, uh, you know, run blitz or whatever it is call on there. Um, it just sucks uh, in that situation. But all, I think ultimately the, the other thing that I'm trying to make sense of is the fact that he didn't have an incompletion. It's like, yeah. oh, did you actually do a good job and you just forced him to throw the ball nowhere and it just it was complete and that's that's good? Or is it bad that you literally did not cause an incompletion for nearly four quarters of football? I mean, I think when you look at what they were doing from like a pass game standpoint, and I should have charted this, so I'm sorry for not being prepped for this, but I think of those 17... I think probably 10 of them were off of like keepers, like little flat routes, right? Yeah. Like just little dink and dunks, just an extension of the run game, really. Like, so in my mind, those should go in running statistics with his scrambles, right? Like that's essentially right. what they were doing there, right? And then obviously he did some stuff. He had like a spot over the ball, which went for a first down. The touchdown, obviously drop back. The shot play was a drop or a play action pass. Um, but that to me is kind of, that was their wrinkle. They knew... They're not dumb, man. They know the strength of this team is defensive line. So what are ways you mitigate their effectiveness is stay out of dropback passing situations as much as you possibly can. And so that's what they did. And so one of the things you get out of that is you get easy throws, right? You get, he's rolling out, easy throw, dink it down, call it, right? So um, I think that's, uh, they, I don't know, they can't do it two weeks in a row because I think Jack will have a plan for it next time they do it. The defensive ends will be ready for it. But next next time they play, what's the plan? And can they make Daniel Jones less efficient with their new plan defensively? Yeah. Um, it's so weird because, you know, you say, oh, they did a good job on Barkley. They very limited the passing game, and yet they still somehow gave up 20 points. Uh, and well, I think about a tie. It, it's off of a short field, right? One that's right, one which that, has that's... been murder for them this year. Not that it's yeah. easy for anyone, right? but it feels like when they turn the ball over, in their own end, it is a touchdown. They have not was, been able to held, hold teams to field goals with any kind of regularity, which what you was, know, that's that's why those are so bad. What was the yard line? Like, where did the turnover happen? Do you remember? Uh, I do not remember, but yeah. I do have access to the internet. Uh, <laughs> so I will look that up real quick. That yeah. was the fumble at the end of the half. Uh, it was their own 20-yard line. So, yeah. you know, that's, that's, a, tough a, deal. that's a tough that's, deal. That's a tough deal. And they, you know, the other one they had against Philly earlier in the year was in a very similar spot on the field. So I believe they had one against Tennessee as well. Yeah. Like those are tough situations to put your defense in. And I, and like, you know, it, it's just tough deal. It's a tough deal when that happens. And like, uh, that's the only way you can cut it. You'd like them to make a play, but like my expectation as if I was the head coach, I'd be like, you know, I want the defense to make a play. I want them to hold to a field goal, but I also, I'm going to be real. I would like Taylor say, Heineke not to fumble. Uh, yeah, although that wasn't, real. you know, it wasn't really on him. Yeah. yeah. Pressure. It's um, pressure but, again. And we yeah. got to talk about, we could talk about that too. Like how, you know, there was this offensive strategy of like kind of getting into empty and then they were in heavy or max protecting in certain situations. And one of the things, again, I think we talked about this a little bit on the post game pod. This is going back to offense. Sorry. I should have brought this up before. If the, you're listening um, to the little, the, the shortened versions of the podcast, uh, this is the kind of stuff you could get. If you listen to the full thing Boom. <laughs> is, um, is this is that the um they went max protection so they left you know tight end and a uh, back end and uh wink martindale did a great job of saying like okay yeah stay in max protection i'm going to show that you have to call your slide to the left away from the tight end and then you end up everyone goes to the left he dropped everybody out he did this twice and then the tight end is one-on-one -on -one with the best pass rusher on the field and aziz ojalari 
And I think tight ends are great. I, you know, I'm a tight end myself. I will tell you this, that is a mismatch in favor of the New York Giants. And they were able to capitalize on that multiple times. And that's the problem with going max protection is you expose pass protectors who are not, that's not their full-time gig to really good pass rushers. And that's kind of the dice you roll in those situations. Yeah. Um, anything else from the game that, uh, that we wanted to hit? Uh, obviously, we'll get into some more of this Friday as we get into the self-scout, uh, if you will, our self-scout through 14 weeks. And, and a lot of this most recent game will be relevant. But anything else that from watching the tape you wanted to, to point out real quick? Um, I think those are all kind of the major things. I'm trying to think if there's anything that pops out. West Schweitzer looked good coming back, you know, after not, after not playing for a while, which is nice, especially with Cosme, who looks solid early on getting hurt. Larson being out is a big deal. I think he's going to miss the rest of the year from what I understand. So not ideal. Again, kind of that musical chairs on the offensive line is, is something that's always tough to negotiate. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think that's probably it. What did you think of the overtime? I wanted to ask you about that. Over Overtime, clock management, anything that stood out to you there? Um, I They got killed by some penalties at some really bad spots. And one of them, I believe, if I'm remembering correctly, was on the punt. Uh, actually, no, it wasn't overtime. That was end of regulation. Yeah. Um, they should have had the ball somewhere up near. Yeah. It, it, there's a penalty on on Percy Butler for the block out of bounds. Um, That's it should foul. have been. Yeah. And it, it's a 12 yard return by Erickson to the 36. If you're on the 36 with 128 to go and all three timeouts that I would say your chances of winning are pretty good to get into yeah. field goal range, especially yeah. with the kind of leg that Sly has. Instead, they have a 15 yard penalty and they get knocked back all the way to the 24 yard or sorry, it's half the distance from the Washington 24. So they start at their own 12. Yeah. At that point, you're not in good shape. And obviously uh, you get, you get uh, not very far with that. Ultimately a couple of incompletions, uh, leads to you punting the ball back with the Giants. That was the sack, right? In, they took a sack there. That was the sack uh, by Thibodeau, right? Thibodeau. No, that uh, was that was in overtime. These drives okay. started to melt together in my brain too, which yeah, is why I too. actually thought that was the same drive. But no, um, that was their first drive in overtime, or sorry, their last drive in overtime. They get the ball back at their own ten after a fair catch by Erickson, which is okay. which is the right call. Yeah. Um, I'd say there's like two things at the end of overtime too that that drove me nuts. One, they don't have a kick returner back. Like, fine, whatever. But like, you gotta if you got a one percent chance to win, and it, and there's no harm in doing it. Why not increase your chances of winning by one percent? Um, the other one that actually is a bigger deal: the situational awareness to not uh, get, or to give up like the five, six, seven yard, whatever it was, quick out on two snaps before the field goal. Uh, Jones has to throw it out of bounds on the snap right before. But they give up like an extra seven yards. Yeah. And considering the field goal missed by inches, a foot, a yard, like why are you giving – they need a seven-yard out. They don't have time to throw good deeper down the field. Um, like you need to be playing like literally the shell um, on the outside. Why? And uh, by the way, I also don't get why teams don't press man in that situation or, or like press coverage in that situation. Mm. They are – you are fighting the clock. Make them eat as much clock as possible. Make it so that they have to throw the ball out of bounds multiple times. Do not let them into field goal range. Keep them at the 64-yarder or whatever it was at for Gano. It works out because he misses from 57, but like he would have been way short at, yeah. at 63. So, I mean, I can look up and see how much yardage they gain, but it's like 
those little details at the end of games matter a lot. And they're able to get, I mean, it was, it was only three yards even for, for Bellinger. Maybe that's it's a less big than deal, I thought. But like when you're at the 43 yard line, that's the difference between 60 and 57. Yeah. And I would much rather see that field goal taken from 60 than 57. I agree. I think, uh, I don't think you press man there because you're worried about a penalty. You're worried about like a holding call, which would give him five. And then if it's an offensive PI, sure. it's 15. All right, fine. Press bail. Like, be, yeah, have whatever. someone in their yeah. face at the line of scrimmage. Yeah. Do they have any timeouts? And how much time, so how uh, much time was and, left on the clock? How much time was left on the clock? Uh, you had 15 seconds, and I do not believe they had any timeouts. So I, I bet you, I bet you there's a little bit of concern about Jones scrambling in that situation. I know 15 seconds doesn't seem like enough time to scramble, but. If I remember correctly, the formula is if the quarterback can run with more than 14 seconds on the clock because you can get reset and spike in under 14 seconds. So, again, like you have to kind of play a normal defensive structure as opposed to the fence because you need somebody in the middle of the field to kind of say, hey, Daniel Jones, like stay where you are. It would be my only thought. And, again, like I do agree that it's not – that's not ideal. You don't want to give up yards in that situation. You don't want to make that any easier – than it uh, needs to be, but um, I'm just trying to play devil's advocate a little bit and think about why you would do that, and that would be my my conclusion, is that you're worried about him running around a little bit. I have a new fence design. They should play someone, like, basically in between. Like, if you want to throw the three yard, you're going to throw it right to my guy, and also yeah. my guy is now in position for you to, yeah, to, like, to prevent scrambles. Yeah, There and- I did. I just invented new end-of-game defense. <laughs> you did it. This is why you stayed for the end of the pod. All right. uh, Subscribe wherever you're listening or watching right now. We appreciate you doing so. Uh, We'll be back Friday with a big self-scout edition. And then we might just open up the the Zoom, if you will. This is not actually on Zoom. Open up the StreamYard. We'll give them a shout-out. We'll open up the StreamYard perhaps next week and let some folks ask questions, uh, quote-unquote, in person. So stay tuned for details on that if we do indeed go that route. If not, we'll just do a traditional mailbag. Uh, to get going next week. Uh, Until then, we'll see you Friday. Uh, Thanks for listening or watching. Take a minute. Make sure you're subscribed wherever you're listening right now uh, because obviously, if you're listening there, our our podcast is available and and then you can subscribe there and then you can have it Anytime we put out a new episode. Anytime you want it. And it helps us out, guys. Help us out. Help yeah, us help if, you. If you don't want to do it for your own listening good, uh, do it for us. Be altruistic. Or whatever that version is. I like that. Yeah, I, I, that's a good word. Uh, I don't know if I use it properly, but we're gonna we're just gonna. Go with it. Uh, <laughs> uh, what, what do you say, UCLA education? I think that's right. Be altruistic. Yeah. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. 
Nerds. Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Ready to expand your financial game? NerdWallet can coach you on smart strategies like choosing investments, finding your next credit card, and setting a budget that works for you. Score major points towards your summer vacation by learning expert tips for choosing a high-yield savings account and how to build wealth by investing in index funds. Slide into summer with smarter decisions in 2024. Follow NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you.